Well, as we know, life is full of surprises, both good and bad, and the day-to-day journey is full of unforeseen obstacles, and sometimes it's hard for us to see our way through beyond the norm and mundane or where unscripted dreams live. Join us for thought-provoking discussions and interviews to help us navigate through the fog and create our own path. We are the Unscripted Dream Podcast, operating outside the margins to motivate and inspire our audience. So um, today's episode is, are you becoming irrelevant? Um, Before Marcus starts off, you know, I just want to say like, our podcast and everything is literally not for people with lower IQs, Um, you know, not to offend anyone, but it's more or less intended for people to think upward and outward as far as expanding your mind. So we just want to spark interest so you can keep things going, keep your dreams going, keep them floating, you know? So we're more or less insightful or influential help to, you know, get your brain going. That's it. All right. So, (laughs) so, I think about what we're discussing today. I, I want to look at the concept, like when you think about people becoming irrelevant, I look at, I want to, I'm, I'm going to focus on, at least on my end, I'm going to focus on not the the what or more so, I want to focus on the how, like the how we can become irrelevant and not not in the personal like sense, but more so professionally, like career-wise. Like what, like what are we looking at? And, and kind of putting the, like kind of putting the focus, at least on my end, at least, you know, how, you know, we should approach or at least some of the questions we should ask ourselves if we're looking, if we're looking at like how we're going to create income for ourselves. I wish I could have pulled up the stats between the, like the percentage of the population that are like employees versus business owners. Uh, but I think this is applicable. Um, this is a discussion that you should be having internally or with people that are in your circle to figure out, you know, like how you're going to be relevant professionally 10, 15, 20, 30 years um, down the down the road because we've seen, depending on what generation you're from, you know, you've seen jobs become obsolete. Um, I think a good, actually, I think a good, like a great example just to kind of get started is like I used to go, I think I talked about this, I talked about Walmart, but we started the, the um, like the rise of like the self-checkouts in the stores, you know, and how that used to be a person, used to be a person. And now you go to the store, like there's some stores you go to, they're all, like there's no people. There's one supervisor, one person watching all these checkouts and there's no lanes open, you know, and there's, there's those used to be people in those jobs. And those are, I would say cashier at that level, like that's on the lower end of the spectrum. Just to be honest, I've done that work too. Like I was a cashier for, man, five years, five, four or five years working at Kmart. So I know it ain't, if you know how to count, you can, you know, you can press a couple buttons and you know what I'm saying? You can, you can run that, that register. It's not that difficult. Just don't come up short. Yeah, throw you up out of there. But, but, uh, but I think that's, I think that's it. Just, just to start, just trying to kind of, you know, steer us in some, some sort of direction on top of whatever uh, Joe has for us. But Joe, I guess, what are your initial thoughts on, how people should approach in any capacity in which you see fit um, if they're going to be relevant in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years? Well, you know, I have a few points. Um, and 
feel free to elaborate on whatnot. But I guess what my first one is, um, I feel like, you know, as far as like becoming irrelevant, especially in a professional setting would be uh, number one, you know, loss of interest, especially like with the people you work with, like not knowing that, you know, people you work with is solely responsible for you being employed, uh, whether you like those team members or not. I feel like when people start losing interest uh, with the people they work with or the work that they do, I feel like that's how you kind of get put on the back burner on things. Um, and a lot of people take that for granted because they're just like, oh, whatever, a job is a job or oh, whatever, I'll still have this job. And that may be true. You may have some seniority, you may have all this stuff going on, but one thing that a lot of people don't realize, and you know, this happened to me, but it wasn't, I, I didn't look at it as a threat. It, you know, I, I looked at it as this is how things should go. Like the minute I got in, um, in one of, one of my roles in one of my previous organizations I worked for, you know, uh, my boss after a year or two literally got someone to um, take my place after I got, got promoted. And my whole role or existence is to gain them up to where I'm at now. And you know what I'm saying? That's, that's how businesses should be ran. And if businesses are ran that way, um, you know, unfortunately, yeah, people do lose their jobs or get replaced, whatever, you know, things do happen. But I feel like this is um, how people could probably lose interest by either taking that personal or literally they already just weren't interested in the role to begin with and they were just doing it to survive because a lot of this is survival for most people i keep it real with you um but you know i think a lot of people don't aspire to um you know develop their career like they don't have any interest of like any career development whatsoever and i feel like if you don't have any interest of career development you know what i'm saying i think you need to go back to the drawing board of how you can um make things work for you. So we look at, I mean, there needs to be a level of ambition. Of course, you want, you're going to want to have to do some things and that's, that's fine. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we have to, like I said, I'm, I'm really, I'm going to focus on the how, how this happens, how this happens. So, <laughs> so <laughs> you've been there too long, bro. If you've been in a position longer than two years, and you haven't thought about moving anywhere, whether that's uh, staying on the same level, but you're with like a different team or a different department, or there's some new dynamics in play. You know what I'm saying? There's something to look forward to is basically what I'm saying, whether that's up or you're on the same level, you're just doing something totally different. Like, you know, that's when you should probably start getting worried about certain things. Um, like you shouldn't be at the same level especially if you're in your 20s and 30s, um, you shouldn't be at the same level. You should always be looking forward to moving on to the next best thing within the next two to three years. Yeah. And one of the things that I think an important question to ask yourself is can a computer, can artificial intelligence, can technology replace you eventually? So if you're not familiar with the concept of Moore's Law, this is the this is the idea or the concept that it, like the number of transistors or transistors are are they just the controls that regulate the flow of electricity uh, in a microchip? But you know chips are in your cars, chips are in computers, and a lot of the chips are in our phones. They're they're everywhere. Think about how much we use those devices. So anyway, 
It's the concept that the number of transistors in a microchip doubles uh, every two years. But the cost, the cost of that computing power is cut in half. And you can expect like the speed and the capability of that your computers, that processing power to increase every two years and the cost goes down. So every two years, the ability in which computers are able to process information and move information, it gets cheaper and it gets more efficient. So we have to ask ourselves as, and you see stuff about, if, you've, if you're looking at particular news, you see things about how artificial intelligence is affecting certain things. There's, a, there's an article I was looking at today. It says that the US Open, if you're not familiar, the US Open is tennis. I guess tennis is a big deal. They've actually, there used to be people that were at the tennis that worked for these events and they would just see and call if the ball was going out of bounds or not. They've replaced these people with computers, with the technology that can dictate if the ball goes out of bounds or not. So think about a person who is doing that job. They, they're no longer, they're not doing that anymore. They've been replaced by artificial intelligence. They can do the job more accurately than they can. Yes, that technology might be expensive today, but think about how cheap iPods, like MP3 players got over time and how now they're just in our phones. And now we don't even need it. We just stream. We don't even need the memory. We can just stream it in the cloud. Think about how that happens. And I think because things happen so quickly, we don't really process all the things that are happening in the background to make that happen. So we're like when we consume things, we have to understand that we're consuming things from businesses. These businesses are for profit. They're not doing it's not a charity. Somebody's Spotify isn't putting those that music on there to just make you feel good. They're doing it to make money. And that's money above all. Uh, and profits. Profits over people. If you ninety I say not ninety percent of businesses is just we're just trying to make profit. I don't really think they care about people, but that's business. Uh, but if you're in that ten percent. Good for you. I'm not talking about you, so don't get offended. All right. Uh, but I think automation and understanding and then going back in time historically and looking at what outsourcing did to, I mean, I know we're in the United States, but look at, and if you're in another country, you listen to this, you know, outsourcing created opportunities for you, but it pulled opportunities away from people that live in the country. So that's something to think about is that the the businesses, like if I ran a business, if I ran like fast food, you see fast food and things like that, like these businesses, they're going to, there's already technology in place. I know I've said this to Joe before, he said like investment stuff and things like that, but there's, there's systems and there's robots that will, they'll fry, the, they'll, they'll drop the fries in the grease, they'll flip the burgers. They'll do that. They'll put that pad, they put those chicken nuggets in the, in the deep fryer easy. They can do all that. The technology is there. Is it maybe more expensive right now? Yeah, but think about as an employer, if you don't have to, if like for me, somebody who's had employees, I could do it without the call-offs. I could do it without the attitude. I could do it without all that nonsense that you have to deal with when you have employees. Like, just give me some, listen, I'll be like, give me these robots. I don't have to worry about call-offs. I just need to worry about having one or two people that can troubleshoot, contact the, the probably regional person who oversees that if the if the machines need repairs and just have contingency plans in place if that stuff goes down. But those two people that probably work at that facility, maybe they do that at a regional level where they like oversee a few like a few locations and they have the software and everything to kind of see what's going on. If something is 
you know, if say if it's like a McDonald's and the McDonald's is like they cover McDonald's in like a 10 mile radius or something. And that might be, you know, McDonald's, you can hit one block, drive two blocks down, there's another one right there. So they might oversee like 10, 10 locations in that, but they only deal with when the levels in those systems, something goes out of whack and they need to attend to that. You got one person doing that. And then you can have a regional person who just like goes and covers those stores and can do all the maintenance. Those are two jobs right there. You play, you don't have to pay, like you don't have to, as a business owner, you don't have to pay employees. You have to pay two people, two skilled people who are probably the best people you've got anyway. And you don't have to pay insurance to all these people, but you are probably paying all those costs are offset. Some of it's probably gonna be a little bit cheaper, but you're not gonna have to buy these machines outright. You're gonna be able to lease them. Just like you lease a car, you're gonna pay it off. They're gonna have all these services and all this stuff, but this is all costs that you don't have to deal with because you don't have to pay insurance. That workers' comp, gone. I know how workers' comp can eat at your bottom line too. If you, somebody doing something stupid, run through the kitchen, slip on some grease because they're playing tag, throwing fries at each other, doing dumb stuff. I know, like I know all this stuff that people do. That if you're a manager, if you're a supervisor, if you own a business, I know it gets on your nerves and you hate it. You don't have to deal with the call offs, right? So it's one of those things where you look at what outsourcing did. I think automation is outsourcing 2.0. It's the next generation of outsourcing. Instead of it going to other people, it's going to machines and artificial intelligence. So like I said, I'm really thinking that one of the important things to ask yourself is can a machine do what you do and can what you do be automated? And this is really important to understand if five, 10, 15 years, your job won't be there. It'll be a machine doing it that's more reliable. It doesn't cost as much. You don't have to talk to them, deal with attitudes and stuff like that. And customer service, customer service has been pretty bad. I don't know about you, Joe, but I go places and I'd be like, man, like, I'd rather just, you slide me my food through a door, open the hatch and just slide me the door rather than me talk to you and you get an attitude or don't care or not wash your hands or do some unsanitary stuff or whatever, man, you know? So I get but, what you're saying. Like, I'd rather take my chances on a robot knowing that a robot can't spit in my food or, you know, won't be lollygagging. They'll get straight to the point as far as, you know, delivering it. But um, in all fairness, you know what I'm saying? I also do like the fact that there's somebody like doing that just because like, you do run into those situations where it's a lot more meaningful. You might go back to that business or whatnot just because it's personable, right? But um, of course, we're speaking in the sense of like it being not personable as far as like it's not a welcoming experience. Um, you know, we are in a time of everybody wants results right now. So when you take away the human element of being personable and making people feel good and making people be more interested in investing in your product even further, you know, everyone's more so about, um, you know, uh, capitalizing on the funds, unfortunately. Um, you know, I can speak through my experience um, with me being in data, data and doing data reporting and stuff. Like, you know how many jobs was eliminated uh, <laughs> when people really started taking data reporting serious, like, cause they really saw what was going on. Like you could have, I'll, I'll say this much. You can have a McDonald's, right? A McDonald's in a popular location and it's probably not thriving in the sense of making revenue or money, but it was thriving in the sense of like everybody was getting free stuff. 
So it was just very generous as far as like, you know, people would occasionally get free, free burgers, extra fries and stuff like that. When you have things in play like computer technology data, so to speak, with like the lines of work I do, we see that. Like we're like, okay, something's not right. Something's not adding up. And according to this graph, whether it's a bar graph, line graph, or even just some numbers, you'd be like, okay, we spent this much money and we got this out of this location, but how come we're not making as much revenue or even close to as much as uh, revenue as the other location that's just thriving? And sometimes it really does come down to that where people just over portion <laughs> and give people like two servings instead of that exact serving. You know, you definitely want to go to those joints. Like I do praise the Lord. Thank God for those joints where they just give you way more than you can ask for. But, you know, ideally, like I'm saying from like you running a business, you know, it's, it's probably not what you want to do, especially if you're taking a major hit um, like a McDonald's corporation. Uh, they they can they can stomach that because they make so much money but like if you're a mom and pops or like a local joint where you got about like five businesses and four of them are doing you know like four of them are doing so so and then you got the one where everybody's just getting free stuff and extra portions and stuff like that you may want to start cutting back once you get that type of oversight so i mean these are just things to really like think about like is your job replaceable and absolutely like it's already there. Like where the technology is already there. Like if you think about Amazon, they're thinking about doing drones. What does that mean? Less jobs. They're already doing that too. Less jobs, but more jobs. I mean, it shifts. So if you got a specific skill set and you know that it's going to be going into a different direction, this is why I'm saying like, you got to be ready with career de development. You got to be versatile because the minute you're done with your one skill, like say that skill runs its course, like they have no need for it. You know what I'm saying? What are you going to do next? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, everything's going to be nullified. So this is why you got to stay on it. You know, that's why I say like within two or three years, man, what's your move? What are you going to do? Are you trying to get a promotion? Are you trying to do something different? Like I'm hoping that you have something in mind. No pressure at all whatsoever. But what I'm saying is these are the things that you need to take in consideration uh, when you have a specific position long-term. Yeah, the last thing, like I said, I want to focus on the how is look at, if you have time, just do a little research on smart contracts and what, what a smart contract is. This is blockchain. This is more blockchain technology. But uh, what a smart contract is, is a, it's a contract that self-executes when the terms of an agreement are met. Think about how your thermostat, when, it, when your, your, your home gets too cold or too hot, it flips on. It flips to whatever to turn on the heater or the AC. Now, that's, that's, that's just an example. But what's an example? Just think about you're a banker, right? But then you have what's, what's called decentralized finance. And you have a person in the bank that you used to go see. Show them your paperwork. Show them, give them all your documents, all this stuff to qualify for a loan. And then there's a person that you would go see, an intermediary that you would go see. And then there's an option to go onto this decentralized kind of application. You could just apply for a loan on your computer or your phone. And they can just look at whatever assets you have and they can leverage. You can just leverage those assets. You don't need to go to the bank anymore. You could just jump online real quick, get on this, this application and get, you, get yourself a loan. 
It may be a more competitive, a better interest rate than what you could get at a bank. What happens to the bankers when that happens? And these are bankers are paid pretty well too. What happens? Because the smart contract executes with certain, with certain levels are met. So that contract might look at, well, this person applied for this amount of loan. How much collateral do, do they have? If this person has X amount of collateral, they'll be approved. None of that extra stuff that the bank is doing and doing all that extra stuff, say, give me your collateral. I'm going to take it. You can have this loan. Done deal. Done in five minutes. Instead of getting up, getting all these documents ready, getting all this paperwork ready to go to this middleman or middlewoman who you have to give all this stuff to, where you could just go do some DeFi, some decentralized finance stuff and get you get your loan that way. Easy. It's actually easier. So when I talk about, like I said, I want to focus on the how, and it's a technology that's allowing this. So if your job and what you're doing, you know, you can just pivot to be someone who monitors the technology, someone who knows how to program the technology, somebody who can troubleshoot, or somebody who can come up with ideas, somebody who can market. You can pivot, and you can use the existing knowledge that you have in that field as your job, as that previous position gets phased out. You can just work in an area where you're developing those skills. Those skills, if you really like what you do and you like the company that you work for, but you can like your job, but that job might not like you in that role. If you're wasting money and there's a more efficient way to replace you, that's what outsourcing was. Outsourcing is a cheaper way to get the same amount of work. Sometimes lower, I mean, sometimes quality can vary, but it's cheaper. It's cheaper. You take the emotion out of it because the people making the decision aren't, 90% of these people aren't emotional. They just very logical. Cut, cut, cut the court. You ever meet a CFO, just meet a CFO, chief financial officer, and see how little they care about people, how much they just, bottom line, that's what matters. And nobody's owed a job. Nobody's guaranteed a job. You say like, oh, they fired me. I walked like, hey, I'm somebody who walked into a job and got, like, they fired me. Nothing, everything's out of my control. It's literally a budget cut is why I got fired. Like that, that was it. Like they cut the department out and I got fired. There's nothing that I did. But they don't owe me anything. And you can't give people the power to where you think they owe you something. Like the power, like we have that. Like they don't have that. They don't have that. We have that. But we, a lot of us choose to give the employer that power. Like, yeah, we got to follow directions or whatnot, do what they tell us to do. That's fine. But like, man, they don't owe you anything. You guys are in an agreement. And you and part of taking an agreement is that they can fire you whenever they want. So keep that in mind and make sure that you're looking out for you first. But execute on the agreement. But always, I think it's just important to put, you, put yourself in a position where you can always adapt. Look at what the trends are 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. Ask yourself the question. Look in the future. And that's the issues that we don't spend enough time looking in the future to see what's coming. Trust me, like I said, if I could hire a robot, I would, and I'm like a nice person too, but I want to deal with that. I want to deal with who wants to deal with attitude, a bunch of overhead when you can have a robot or you can have some software that does what a person does and it's cheaper. Why? It doesn't make sense. And from a bit as a business, it doesn't make sense. So I kind of close on that. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily want to scare people right away as far as um, it's not something that's going to happen overnight, and clearly it hasn't been. You know, um, 
some things take a while and research and development is not something that's cheap because got to create the actual technology first before you can actually start testing it and it works but when it's actually in play and you start seeing articles about it best believe they already found a solution on how to make it affordable and put it in production at that point so when you start seeing stuff like that that's when i think you should probably start kicking things in high gear if you haven't already but um, this goes back to the other episode where we were talking about testimony versus testimony. Um, you know, like there's got to be some kind of um, you got to be inspired, man. You got to be inspired, you know, and, you know, you, got, you just got to be influenced to just wanting to do more and get more out of life uh, whenever you deal with certain situations like this, man, you know, um, we can even speak on like people now that are kind of like at the end of the road of their careers and maybe they haven't made enough money where they feel like it's enough for them when they retire. Like say they retire and they're like, well, shoot, my monthly check going to be maybe 60% of what I'm making now. You know, whenever you run into situations like that, man, you know, it's really scary in those type of situations just because it's like either you got to cut back heavily or hopefully you pay some things off <laughs> to where you can kind of like float. But in most cases, that's not the case. People retire and then they try to find something else um, or they try to like downsize at least. So I don't know, man, you, you just gotta be strategic out here once again. And you just think about things in a future perspective. Like, yes, live in the present, be present, be here. You know, nothing's more important than the present but also just be mindful of the future as far as like what you're doing today in the present, is it gonna pay off in the future? You know, nothing's better than just doing things where you know it's gonna pay off in the future because the future self keeps you smiling. So, uh, or the thought of it keeps me smiling anyways. So um, just be mindful of that. You know, everything doesn't last forever. Good things don't last forever unless you keep working towards it. So, I think that's one part that a lot of people miss. Good things don't last forever. Yes, they do, if you keep working towards it. So um, just have that mindset, man, and um, I think you'll be fine. Just be hopeful. Stay dangerous <laughs> in a good way. Take care. Be safe.